Resilience is accepting your new reality. Even if it's less than the one you had before. You can fight it. You can do nothing but scream about what you lost. Or you can accept that and try to put together something better. Whoever you are, from wherever you are, doing whatever you're doing, thanks for tuning into my podcast. You know what time it is. It's the time to experience one mind-baffling dream along with your host, me, Anurag. This is the podcast, Snoozy Dreamer. The alarm rang as the clock showed that the time was exactly 3 a.m. I controlled my urge to hit the snooze button, worried that I might get late to reach the airport. I was flying to the land down under. I had a hectic week ahead of me and I expected to be fully drained by the time I returned home. I ran downstairs with my luggage as a taxi driver was trying to reach my cell phone. Air travel had become routine and I expected to nap like a baby. The sky was still dark outside as the plane taxied to the runway. The plane took off and stabilized at cruising attitude. There wasn't anything spectacular to view outside the window, so I shut the blinds and went to sleep. I was awoken by the shouting and the screaming in the flight. Everyone's face had turned white. The frightened yells gave it all away. We were in grave danger as the plane had lost its engines and we were gliding in the night sky. The captain and the first officer were calm over the announcement. There was enough time for everyone to prepare for the imminent catastrophe. I removed my specs and watch and stored them in a bag. As the captain exclaimed, Brace! Brace! I prayed to God to keep my family safe, without a tiny ray of hope that I would outlive the crash. I felt excruciating pain as I tried to lift my arm. It took a whole 5 minutes to figure out the reality. Till that moment, it all felt like a singularity. The ghastly shouts, the brace and the moments leading up to the crash flashed through my brain. I looked around at a pile of debris. After a monumental effort, I came out of the rubble and felt reassured. I had survived the crash. I searched for any of the survivors among the wreckage. It was only after exhaustive searching for an hour that I faced a stark reality. To my dismay, I was the only person who had survived this horrendous crash. In the moments leading up to the crash, I thought we would be crashing somewhere deep in the Indian Ocean. But we were on land. Was this Sri Lanka? I started to scout around the area, hoping to find any signs of human habitat. I could see a river nearby and I thought of following the river which might be a chance to find something familiar. I was trying to limp gently, finding each step harder than the one before. The feeling was surreal. How on God's green earth had this happened? Would my family be fretting about me right now? A million questions were pondering me. Then I saw a rock structure. It was too familiar. The stone chariot at Humpy. For a moment, I felt relieved to be in a place close to home, though this place was not on the Choctaw flight plan. I was astounded at what I was looking at. I was standing in front of the stone chariot in Humpy, not in 2021, but 500 years earlier in the Vijayanagar Empire.
things just went awry from that point onwards. How had I crash landed in a place some centuries ago? Was I dreaming? An old gentleman looking at my ragged and injured state offered me some food. I was standing in a crowded market with hundreds of people buying different items. Each one of them looked at me with a surprise. I didn't look like one of them, yet I spoke their tongue. The frame looked straight out of a documentary I'd read about. Though there was no language barrier for communication, I found it fascinatingly hard to explain my sitch. A crowd gathered around me as I tried to explain my predicament. Nobody seemed to believe me. One of the passers-by called me out as a traitor, immediately changing everyone's perception of me. Within an instant, they tied my hands with a piece of rope and dragged me through the village. I stood in front of an old man who I assumed was the chief of the settlement. He gave me a moment to explain my unbelievable crash. I suggested that we all visit the location where the plane crashed and things would get a little more apparent. It was well past sunset, the sky was dark, the silence was deafening. We all headed there with lanterns, everyone following me suspiciously. I traced back my steps down the river leading to the crash site, walked up and down, looked around. There was just no sign of any crash there. I spent a week in a small hut. It was not a formal prison but it was guarded by a couple of soldiers throughout the day. With treatment for my injuries and food, my body recovered from the catastrophic incident in my life. The chief of the settlement reported that I would be put in front of the king himself and the king would hand out my punishment. Offered with no choice, I nodded my head, trying to grasp the meaning of the events that occurred over a week. The next day, I was shouted early in the morning. I got into a wooden cage on a small cart with the same guards who had monitored me. Though I was a prisoner in this strange land, travelling to the palace felt calm. Life was much simpler and the people were content with what they had. We were crossing the river on a narrow bridge when the horse pulling the cart slipped a bit. The guards steadied themselves but the wooden cage I was sitting in toppled and fell into the river. Everyone shouted but they couldn't do anything to help me. I tried to kick open the cage with my legs but it was too little too late. I wanted to survive this ordeal but I was getting late for my flight and the alarm just wouldn't stop disturbing me.